Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars about game design and publishing. These panels have been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers at Metatopia 2023. Episode 362 How to Work with Artists. Presented by Jack Para and Lisan Lake. Okay, hi everyone. This is uh, Art Director and Art Tool. Uh, we've done various in this panel many times over the years. It's basically about how, you, how to work with artists and what we expect, and um, basically to try and help you make the, the working experience easier. Um, basically, I, I have a rough outline that I follow, and then we field a Q&A throughout. So mm-hmm. if you have any questions, feel free to... Just interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, let's start with the introductions. <coughs> My name is Jack Para. I run the Artist Alley here. Uh, I've been uh, published in a bunch of uh, small press tabletop and RPGs and card games. Um, like uh, Metal Magic and Lore, Legend and Lies. Um, and then I uh, did some illustrations for some 12 plus year old kids' novels. And uh, yeah, I'm just generally freelancing. <laughs> Think about everything going on. Hi, I'm Lizanne Lake. I've been a freelance illustrator for oh, too many years. I started, <laughs> I started with Dragon Magazine. And the book covers, magazines, and things. But what uh, what interests you is I right now I'm doing a lot of source books with 50 plus paintings and card decks with 60, 50, 60 paintings in them. So I think this is more slanted towards uh, your needs as uh, game designers. And I've done board games too, so I can do that. So. Okay, so basically, uh, you start with where a good place to start is where do you find artists? Uh, conventions are obviously mm-hmm. a good choice because you can go up and you can talk to the artist, see a rapport, see if you will, you know, get their general personality, and sometimes that tells you how easy they are to work with. Um, or search online portfolios like uh, Facebook, DeviantArt, Instagram, ArtStation is a good one. Art stations, all professional artists or budding professional artists. Um, there, you know, sometimes there are reps, but not so much these days. I use none of those. I have a Facebook page with my art on it, and a lot of artists have a Facebook page. I uh, I'm on some Facebook pages where I have gotten jobs from RPG gamers. And stuff high end recommended. You have to be working game designer and working illustrator or writer to get into them. So, if you put out post a call for artists on one of these pages, you're going to get a lot of. Um, and you want to make sure you get somebody who's can meet a deadline. This is not to say you shouldn't try out a new person, but don't give them 50 pieces to do. 
Okay. If, if it's obviously an artist who's new at it, start small volume. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it gives them a chance, and then if it works out with the, like a first piece, then you give them more work. But definitely ask them. Definitely ask them what their working time is, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially newer artists or artists like me who are a little on the slower side <laughs> need, need a little bit of a. Well, you work. Yeah. yeah, I do very meticulous, detailed stuff. Um, so yeah, just get a general idea of the time frame. Um, another, actually, it just reminded me uh, another place that's good to find artists is the Indie Game Alliance. It's, uh, I found out about it through here. Mm -hmm. It's an online community of just game developers and artists and you just talk to each other. I actually have, uh, I didn't have much contact on there and then just in this year I forgot even having an account. And, oh. and I have a, a job that started from there. Excellent. Um, Okay, so uh, any questions on that? Okay, so uh, contacting artists. Silly as it is to say, be polite. <laughs> it's odd that you need to actually say that. But especially on uh, social media, especially people are often really rude in the forums. And it's just like you, you want to work with someone, be polite to them. You don't, you don't have to go crazy about it. I mean, I've, I've had a heated discussions with people online about the difference between being direct and rude. <laughs> and many don't understand the difference. Um, I have something to say. Yeah. If an artist and you think you like them, ask, tell them honestly what you need, how fast you need it, and your budget. The thing I like least about people coming up, what do you charge for paintings? Okay, I don't know if it's going to be a bar fight or a picture of a plant. I can't judge. So you have to say, I need, this is my budget, I need these paintings. If you get to a discussion with an artist. Yeah, and when we, when we figure out how much to be charged, it's often about how much time it will take us. Right. So we usually need a little more information, or sometimes I'll give a range. There's a, and I can narrow it down after I hear more. There's a saying, good, fast, cheap, pick two. <laughs> yeah, and I never sacrifice it. <laughs> I don't like doing that either. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay. How, oh, give me an example. How do you approach an artist? How have you approached an artist in the past? Um, yeah, I, I approached them actually at a convention. Mm -hmm. I complimented them on their work. I told them specifically which pieces particularly spoke mm -hmm. to me and were similar to what I'm looking for. Um, we hit it up, uh, and then I contacted them through their email like they asked, mm -hmm. and then I gave them a brief description, like a paragraph of what I was specifically looking for, things I was not wanting in there. Um, we discussed budget, of course. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And, so then they, can, and then they gave me other artists when I was looking for other types of things, too. That was a good artist. Yeah, I give other artists. Yeah. Well, when I can't do the work. Oh, you want uh, World War II planes? Detailed drawings. You want my friend Fritz. <laughs> you don't want me. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's like when people ask me to do manga, I really, or, or anime style. I love the art. I can't do it for anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll refer you to somebody, somebody who can. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we should get down to the nuts and bolts. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, yeah, some contracts. Well, contract, yeah, contract, if you're working with a new artist, it's a great idea to have a contract. You want to have a, a contract. Mm -hmm. Even a piece of paper saying, uh, you will do the work by this deadline. I will pay you half if I kill the work, but it is not your fault, blah, blah, blah. This much money up front, this much money, uh, this much money up front, this much money, you know, when it's completed in a timely fashion. You have to say what you need and what size you want. <laughs> what size the final is going to be printed at. Because you probably want to do a picture 200 to 250% larger than the size it's going to be printed at. If it gets much over 400, which some card paintings do, actually most card paintings, you start losing detail. So you have to make it more contrasting, more focal point oriented art. So it's very different doing a cover for your product than doing an interior, a spot illustration. Yeah. And you and you spend more, artists will spend more time on a cover than a spot interior illustration. So, you know, that's going to be more costly. But that cover is also going to be the first thing a customer sees. So you got to make it. You got to put that extra time into it. So it's worth doing that. Yeah. If you are a Kickstarter, be appraised that you have to pay the artist before your Kickstarter funds. You can pay them after they fund. So you're not going to be commissioning the whole product. I know some of you out there are probably Kickstarter oriented. So unless you have a line of successful products, only commission what you need to promote your product. Yeah, and I mean, obviously if the Kickstarter like goes really well, you can start asking for the art sooner. Mm -hmm. But people who got Kickstarters expect there to be a wait from funding to, to completion. Yeah, the thing is, Kickstarters will have stretch goals. So sometimes it's like, surprise, you know, oh, you're doing the bestiary for this book too. Oh, I am? That's <laughs> like, here, here, it's like, it's in the stretch goal, you know, and more work comes from that for the artist. So be uh, honest and reasonable with your stretch goals and take the artist into mind because we don't wave our hands over the, the artwork and produce the art. <laughs> Yes. Um, just real quick. And, and I, no, no, no. We want questions. This is not the right form. I'm brand new to this. I'm trying to understand what's the line between an artist and a graphic designer. And like, if, if you need, you know, player boards done, which isn't really art, might be a graphic designer or card layout. Very good question. 
graphic design tends to be more like logos and layout mm -hmm. and illustration is more than the pictures. I have a friend who I recommended to be a graphic designer on a project I'm working on. I don't do graphic design. I'm terrible with computers. We'll get, uh, and um, I just recommended her and she got the job. She's doing the cards and I'm doing the pictures on the cards. She's doing the layout, but the boards, same thing. There are people who do this. It's just the same as hiring an artist, hiring a graphic designer. So asking an artist, do you do graphic design? Or do you yes, do you do graphic design, do you do lettering, okay. do you do this? Do you have a question? Oh, no, I was just suggesting. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no problem asking an artist if they do something. If they don't, though, okay. if they have somebody, they'll, they'll pass, you, pass it on. Like, I don't do logos, not terrible at logos. They take forever, unless it's basically a little illustration. Oh, I'm super then, good at them. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting, I'm not a logo designer, and I keep, I've done like a dozen logos in my life. Um, but I'll, I'll pass it on. Basically, I, I tell people the amount of time it takes me to do an effective logo, especially if it's mostly like font or icon based, <laughs> it's not worth the, the amount I would have. A logo is the lettering. <laughs> a logo isn't the lettering. A logo is the symbol. That well, I know, but yes, the lettering I I can do, but it takes two. Yeah, this I meant sometimes logos include mm -hmm. letters. Um, Unless it's a death metal band. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but most artists have have basically graphic design is a dis discipline in art. Mm -hmm. It's usually a, a bit more separate from illustration, but sometimes graphic designers illustrate and illustrators graphic design. So it's not bad to ask the person. Mm -hmm. And if they don't do it, they probably know somebody who does. Okay. So I like the, um, the, 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 was it art? There's a, there's a, 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 a name you mentioned earlier to go to for fun artists. Would graphic designers be there too? Or? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Any of those sites that are RPG professional oriented? We'll have artists, writers, graphic designers, publishers, et cetera, et cetera. And the artists aren't all the same type of artists. There's artists who just be careful with computer art because if they're doing AI, it cannot be copyrighted yeah. in America. Yeah, that's, that's been, so. they've had a ruling on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. cannot be copyrighted. Plus, you don't really want someone who does AI art anyway mm -hmm. because they don't really control, besides the fact that it doesn't always look good, they don't control what's done, really. Yeah. So they can't be specific to your needs or your your composition. I have nothing against computer art, but be very careful when you hire somebody who does computer art. It's like, Jack, you color by computer, that's fine. You know, that's not anything wrong with that. It's another tool. You know, with, with uh, people who use AI, you can usually tell by looking at their page. If you go back a couple years, you can usually tell if there's any quality difference or just nothing at all. <laughs> you know, if someone's doing detailed digital paintings, they'll have a lot of back backlog of paintings and learning. And people who are just AI don't have that back <laughs> for like when they come around like three years ago. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. So beyond the last three years, you'll see nothing. Or you'll see uh, a lot of different techniques. Yeah. Not, not concentrated on one thing. They'll be scattershot all over the place. 
And look at the hands, okay? People, uh, AI cannot do hands right now. So it's a dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah the dead gives away our hands, and usually will have well more than five fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Often not be connected to that. And another thing that's uh, a dead giveaway is AI is not good at differentiating between skin and clothing. So you'll see armor that's like that has all the cuts and stuff like like worse than superhero, like it's like embedded. Oh, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can I try this? Yes. Another common detail for AI art, if you're looking for it, is like clothing details that make sense at first but don't quite connect on the second viewing. So, like, there'll be chains or other parts of like ornate brooches or something or amulets, but when you look, you realize it's not actually connecting to anything or it connects in a way that's kind of nonsensical mm-hmm. or doesn't actually like just look white the more you look at it. It also typically has a very sort of like weird smudginess to the colors on it that it's hard to kind of describe if you've seen an AI art you probably have an idea of what I'm talking about. And those are a couple of the other signs just to look for if you're unsure if something is AI generated or not. Places are getting a lot better about labeling when something is AI generated, but if you're just on like a Facebook page or something, you're probably not gonna know. But it was like a deep art where right. they have to label stuff as AI generated now. Yeah, basically you'll you'll find that the, the they can't follow in your direction, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And, and it can't be copyrighted. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you might, if, if it's obvious enough, you might have to deal with lawsuits, too. So you don't want to just stay away from it. Okay, we should get into how do you give art direction? And how do you decide how much product, in how much of your product an artist is doing? For the thing, because that's yeah. usually what people want to do. Yeah. Um, you want to uh, figure out how many pieces you need for your your art. Um, if it's a card game, there's obvious uh, uh, likely going to be a lot of art, <laughs> and in that case, you'll more like more than likely want more than one artist. Um, just if you have a time frame, um, time frame as well. But then you have to consider having consistent look throughout your deck. So you don't want to hire artist A who is very cartoony style and artist B who is very realistic style. You have to decide whether you want a cartoony or a realistic style or whatever it is you want, the black and white style. And keep it consistent throughout your product. This is not to say if you have like a role-playing game, you can have some black and whites and some color illustration. But the style should be consistent. Yeah, like realistic versus mm-hmm. more simple. It's usually like uh, an approach you would take. And um, yeah, when you hire artists, they'll often know another person who works in that style, or they might prefer. You might find more than one on a site, and you just approach them all and see that they work well together. Um, if you go for one artist for consistency, expect your time frame to be well longer. And don't. Work, get your project done, then worry about showing it. I've had I've had people come up to me and want it done for for Gen Con. Well, everyone in the industry wants it done for Gen Con, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> you know can only do so. If everybody has the same deadline, you're not going to be able to get it done. But if you say, okay, I want to get it done for next Gen Con, maybe yeah. then 
or if you just want to show your game at Gen Con, you have some sample pieces. This is the artwork we're using. And then you have the prompt, the production pieces, which is just says like hatchet on it or something, if it's a game. And I'll, I'll sometimes give a, if you give me a really long deadline, I'll sometimes give a discount, mm -hmm. especially if there's multiple pieces, I'll give like a, you know, a bulk discount. There, I give discounts for long deadlines. I give single price for the whole project too, because in a project you're going to have really show pieces where there's fighting or running or action pieces, and you have the house. So it balances out rather than figure out, oh, I want $10 for this one or $100 for this one or $150 for this one. Just blanket, uh, do a number of pieces and blanket it and say, this, you know, I want this, a list of things or a certain amount of these have to be this thing. Usually, if you do a role playing game or a card game, you'll have like people, animals, the setting, things you want illustrated. You can list them. If you have a if you have a person who's worked before, you can hand them the entire manuscript and they can tell you what they what should be illustrated in what order going through the manuscript. Yeah, that's that's something I do too. Like and I've illustrated books too and I'll always want to give up if it's time allotting, I'll want to read the book before I start. <laughs> Um, because it helps get in the world and that mindset and, and it makes it more consistent. And sometimes I'll print, I'll print out a script. If it's a shorter one, I'll print out a script and I'll make little sketches on the end and stuff like that for certain areas. Um, I work a little differently. Like, I don't give the whole price myself, but I have, like, types of pieces and every everything of one type of piece will be the same price. Yeah. So I might have, if, if there's a bunch of different things, I might have, like, three or four prices. But you know, every time you use that type of piece, it will be that price. Mm -hmm. Either because you're going to come in with a budget, and you do not want to overextend yourself, and you do not want to hire an artist who's unreliable, and then pay them half and have them. Oh, I just couldn't do that. Oh, my grandmother died, and I had to go to the funeral two times, uh, <laughs> you know, or something. Anybody have any questions? Yeah. Um, how to uh, describe what you want done. It's probably good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So two page descriptions are bad. <laughs> <laughs> One sentence descriptions can be bad. Just come off and say, you know, here's character. I want Jenna Shortlocks fighting uh, three wolves here, and I want it basically this color. I want this color scheme, you know, and here's here's the section of the manuscript you're going to be taking. So if you have a cover, yeah, like that's probably enough. <laughs> yeah, like too little description isn't necessarily helpful, and too much description can be mm -hmm, over overbearing. But uh, for me, too little is worse <laughs> because you know I. I can do anything. I just ask questions if they give me too little. Yeah. Oh, I want something. Okay, well, <laughs> you know, what mood are you setting is also good. We can convey mood. So it's like, I want a suspenseful picture. I want a calm picture. 
a lot of British people want atmospheric pictures. They don't want, if you're doing Britain, they don't want to see the face of the character much. They want to see the back so you can imagine yourself as the character. In America, you want to see the character up front. So know your market too. Coming back and forth is, you know, proper. Here's the idea I have. As much as, as much as you need. If yeah. you get along with the artist, it's fine. Yeah, that's what it's yeah I just say, oh, part. and I finish, I say, you know, I'm doing a sketch if it's a big, important painting. Yeah. If it's not, I think it's little spot paintings. If you don't like it, throw it back. I'll do it again. You know? <laughs> I've had the value. would say have a discussion with the artist as well to know how they're going to charge you as well for revisions and like sometimes <laughs> they don't want to drag on the same illustrations for like a month because you're that's really bad yeah that's, that's, that's what i was trying to get to like yeah that's like yeah, yeah. it's good but yeah i, I had it like I, three revisions or including the price anything about that mm -hmm. is like, you know, something like that. yeah i i put in with my contracts i put in uh like uh basically i put in a sentence that says to the effect minor revisions I don't mind, but yeah. like major, if it's major to the point of me redoing the piece, it'll be that's, considered a separate piece. That's a separate piece. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a separate piece. That's but a separate. I do a lot of, I'm happy to do a lot of back and forth communication in the beginning. Uh -huh. Like uh, if, if it's a really detailed description, I'll do like moderate sketches and send them and they get input and make changes and such. If it's very vague, I'll even send them thumbnails. Uh, with just like a general idea of trying to work it out what the, the client wants. Yeah, I get the exact sketch and about the colors. I'm going to put this color here, that color there, this color there. If they start changing it and say, oh, I actually wanted her over here, that's a different piece. All right, if you have a role-playing book, card game, board game, and a lot of little pieces, don't sweat it too much. Don't keep asking for unnecessary revisions. Oh, this isn't exactly the axe I envisioned. It's an axe. Take it. <laughs> and for me, it's also like I have I work part digitally, part traditionally. So if I'm working in ink, particularly, changing inks afterwards can become a mess. So I try to give them get as much input before the inks as possible, and approval on the drawing before the inks. So then I don't have to make drastic changes afterwards. I work in acrylic and it's easy to change, but it's a pain. Yeah. You still, yeah, still have to wipe this out and repaint it. So yeah. So yeah, I have stages where I have stages where it's hard to fix. And I try to I do my best to communicate that beforehand that I want to know for sure what you want here before I do this, or it's gonna have to be another piece. Um and also Hitting, getting hit up with tiny little unnecessary unnecessary revisions, revisions yes especially after you send a file that has the word final in it uh, <laughs> <laughs> i just worked with a corporate client and you made me have me do all these little add-ins after i send them the final oh, file no. with a deadline and i'm like your final printed piece <clears throat> is going to be like four inches by eight inches it you're, having, you're having me put in things that are essentially going to be an eighth of an inch in height mm -hmm. in the final piece. <laughs> That's <laughs> called vanity. Avoid vanity in your things. Uh, don't hand the artist. This is a photo of my cat. I would like them included in the game. 
<laughs> you well, can, yeah, well, you can. You, you can, can do pictures. that, but do it yeah. early. <laughs> yeah, and you can give them pictures. Oh, here's a character. Here's what I envision them looking like. I want them to look something like Brad Pitt, but not Brad Pitt. <laughs> I want them to look like my neighbor John. Here's a picture of neighbor John. <laughs> yeah, I uh, this a kids book I did was uh, science book. It was uh, fantasy and hockey combined, and the author wanted a bunch of his like is like intramural hockey team as like the reference for the for the people in there. Mm -hmm. but as kids um so he, he just sent me references of all of them but he sent me them in the beginning so right. i don't have to redo anything mm -hmm. basically if you give more information up front and we don't end up using it at all not a big deal yeah but the later it comes the more difficult it makes it, it screws up deadlines do not be afraid to send the artist reference you know, it's like I the suit of armor. I want it to look sort of like this. Send them the suit of armor. It won't look. It won't be cop. You know, they were not going to duplicate it exactly to take the copyright, but they get an idea of what you want. The big bugaboo is anybody who has dragons. Okay, be very specific. I've been painting dragons all my life. I'm known for painting dragons. And I get, you stupid idiot, dragons are red-green, have horns, don't have horns, have wings, don't have wings, have stripes, have tails, have points on their tails, have things on their backs, have long necks, short necks, you know, told because I didn't read the client's mind. <laughs> Especially dragons, be very specific with your detail. You'll be very, very happy with the result as, as opposed to being very sad with the result. <laughs> There's probably several other things that goes for it too, but yes. Um, yeah, back with the community. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that, that to a mood board is a very good thing I find that I use when communicating to artists. So putting together some images that have the look and feel. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. As well as like a color palette. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, very much so. I'll essentially do that anyway. I, like I, I, get, I get a bunch of reference and I just make a folder of all reference for this uh -huh. and I use that. I did a commission last year and I said, I want something that looks like Rodney Matthews' palette. I said, sure. <laughs> yeah, like when, when doing weapons or armor, like I have a whole folder of that stuff. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I mean, my, my current client, he, he said he wanted something dramatic. So, well. Those are good words to use, yeah. by the way. Dramatic is good. Or dramatic. Yeah. Oh, dramatic. Oh, dramatic. Okay, dramatic. Uh, <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> so that, that tells me you want something like medieval, but we got like these this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that stuff like that helps because that tells me. I mean, if you just want, if you say medieval, I have so much to choose from. There's not many hundreds of years. Yeah. Yes. And 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 looks were diff very different very in different countries. If you don't have anything in mind of what you want, maybe I'll I'll do a mm -hmm. I'll do a couple sketches or like I might send you just some a couple pieces of reference and say do you like this style or that style. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just finished a project where a lot of it's very historical, Celt source book. We don't know the writer. We don't know what this looks like. We don't know what they did then. We don't know. I had to research everything on the internet for as best I can. Yeah. It was like a lot of, we don't know what they did for this. We don't know. Okay, what am I supposed to draw? 50 paintings of I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just the, the closest <laughs> historical information that's available. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 
So if you have an idea of what you want and the writer saying, I don't know, send the idea. Give the artist something to grasp onto. I'll also, uh, I tend to work, for communication wise, I tend to work in like line work and then I'll shade it. So even if it's going to be like a fully modeled shading of line, I'll still send the, like a line sketch to get the form. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then later I'll do a, a color sketch that I send them to and I'll send them a bunch of options. Of color. That's for the big pieces. Yeah, that's the big pieces. pieces yeah. I said I've been doing a lot of oops. Oh, right, right, right. I've been doing a lot of little pieces lately. So in maps, so like a card deck. So you get cards, and I'm not going to do sketches for the cards. I'm just going to do them and hope they're right. And I have a lot of experience that probably are right, although I get some of them thrown out, like one in twenty. Yeah. But. Um, don't don't ask for sketches if you have like thirty above pieces. Just give good descriptions and hope they do it right. And you can put mood, color, anything in. Not too long. <laughs> and when I when I have multiple pieces, often what I'll do is I'll do sketches from multiples of the pieces and send them all of those. So that way, when I get them back, I have multiple oh, sets to work on. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's, that tends to slow things down with the normal game industry now. Yeah, because, I yeah, because of Kickstarter and uh, the stretch goals and yeah. or just putting it out for the pond. I think um, often it, it also has to do with how well you know the client too. Because mm -hmm. so if you know the client well, well and you can just do it. You yeah. can just do it. Uh -huh. If you don't know what the client likes yet, sometimes the sketches say that's true. The client I'm doing the Celtic Source book for. When I started, I did sketches. I did like a few pieces and a few more pieces. I did sketches, then I just did the pieces because he liked everything. Yeah, like this got more and more. This pieces. potential client might have like one over a hundred pieces from me. Yeah. So I'm going to do sketches. I'm probably not going to do hundred sketches, no. but I'll, I'll do multiples until I get an idea of what he's looking mm -hmm. for with each style of piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like. Um, Another thing I do, I mentioned I did a bestiary. That's just a list of monsters with descriptions. Very, very easy to work from. Okay, you might have a project that's very, very easy to work from. You might have a project that's very, very difficult to work from. Say like a superhero source book, and you have like the Veiled Lightning and the, the Mugwump. And you get, you might be describing these things if they're described in your book. Mm -hmm. So it depends, it largely depends on your product. If you're historical or something that there's good reference for, it's easy. If it is, if it's totally made up, you better have that reference right there. We have this race of characters. I don't know, they're called loonies. You know, give them a page of what that race looks like if they want multiple pages of that. Mm -hmm. um. Anybody, what products did you guys do or are planning to do? Board game. Board game. Board game. Okay, so you need a board and possibly cards. A lot of stuff. 
<laughs> a lot of those <laughs> board games. <laughs> I actually hired an illustrator to do the illustration, mm -hmm. uh, a different designer to do the logo because mm -hmm. the illustrator didn't like doing logos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds familiar. That, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the games that are easier to do the mechanics for are more challenging art. to do the yeah, art for. Yeah, yeah, or more demanding on number of pieces. The one board game I did for uh, EDH games, Affliction. I talked him into black and white pieces because it was um, about the witches in Salem. And there's no witches in the game. The townsfolk are accusing each other of being witches. But I did woodcut type pieces, so the old inks they had. And uh, the Salem Witch Trial Museum now sells that product because it was accurate to the history. And the Japanese books in Japanese style, it's accurate to the history. So it's like sometimes you have to the black the color would have been very, very bad for that product. Um listen to your artist, that it's <laughs> very much so. Uh contracts. Always work with a contract. Mm -hmm. Um, well, unless you're working for the umpteen five for the same person, but yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, the contract I, is basically what was previous. Yeah. yeah. Um, on that point, do, do artists typically provide their own contract? I have my own that I provide. Mm -hmm. Did you? Um, is that typical? Then? Uh, I I actually got it from my first client that I worked for. They actually gave it to oh. me, but then I, I've since edited it. But it, it's very plain English, not very legalese, which makes it a lot easier for everybody. I and, know. and don't expect, you know, if you don't like something in the contract, tell the artist. Mm -hmm. And the artist doesn't like something you won't want in the contract, they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And there's a little back and forth, but it's okay to change it, mm -hmm. as long as both parties are fine with that. The thing that you have to state in the contract yeah. Okay. Otherwise, a statement, I want this many pieces by this time on email is fine. I will give you this much money, this much up front, this is fine. The rights. If you want all rights to a piece and then never to use it again, it's going to be expensive. If you want it for the life of your product, which is reasonable, and possibly not in the competing product field. So I sell you board game cards. I don't sell them to any other gaming product. But if I wanted to put that illustration on a book cover or something, I could sell that then. I do a lot of second rights. If I have products that, uh, product basically paintings that are appropriate for another person's manuscript and they're not being used, I tell them. And give them that. Second rights is cheap. Yeah, the second rights is buying the license for a piece that's already been done. It's not done for you, it's something that the artist already has done. So it's usually a lot less because they don't have to do all the upfront work. Mm -hmm. They're just selling the piece again. First rights is when, yeah. when you do buying your head. If, if you have a painting of an axe, you need that. You might go online and find somebody with painting of an axe and say, "Hey, I'll give you twenty bucks to use your axe." And it's, okay, 
Yes. And I would also say be clear with the artist how you intend to use the art because like for example if I'm buying art for a board game then I decide to use that art to sell posters or t-shirts like well, that's yeah. usually a no-no or you should at least be up front and have a discussion with you. Adver that, I include advertising right Yes. Yes. Yeah that, that falls under merchandise. Mm -hmm. yes. um, I, yeah, I include promotional ones. Yeah. So anything you do to promote it. Like if it's if it's a t-shirt you're making for yourself to sell the game at a con, I'm not going to care about that. Yeah. But if you want to sell those t-shirts, that's different. Yeah, you might want to give the artist a cut or, you know, make sure they get a t-shirt too. Yeah, and if it's something that they've already done, it's essentially another set of second rights. So yeah. it's not going to it's not going to be as expensive as the, the full piece. No. No, but be upfront. Don't just use it in promotional products. There's promotional advertising, that's one thing that's like on the internet, here's a piece. And there's promotional products. Oh, I just made a bunch of posters of your piece and I'm selling them for five bucks a piece. No. <laughs> that's another product. If you want the very complicated version of all these rules, there's the graphic artist go pricing and ethical guidelines. It's the standard for the industry. Uh, for the field, really. Um, some, sometimes the prices are not quite exact to your specific industry, but, but you can talk to your artists. Gaming tends to be on the low end of pricing. Yeah, I tend yeah. to be a bit lower. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll put a, a clause in there that it, like, for, it's for the small press market. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If, uh, if it goes to, to mainstream, then we'll renegotiate to include royalty, stuff mm -hmm. like that. No, 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 I was curious about royalties. Like, if something explodes, then it's going to change everything. You just answered it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I put that in the clause because I know we're not in a market where you're going to pay for for those royalties up front. Yeah. Because you know you don't know it's going to go anywhere, especially if you're, you're new to the to the creation of games and stuff like that. Just getting it seen is tough. Yeah. Um, you're making it, you're going to get your thousand copies or whatever out there and hopefully sell them, you know? But if you, if it succeeds, you might want a sequel and hire the same artist and give them more money or more rights because they helped it succeed. Yeah, and, uh, and the fee is due at the, the completion of the art, not, not at the uh, mm -hmm. publication of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've definitely had things that have done have been hard to do art for, for and never got published. Oh yeah, I've been <laughs> sitting around for six years. <laughs> <laughs> I got paid. No work for hire. I don't know if that's still that phrase is still buzzing around the community, but for a while. People are like, oh, I won't work for hire, work for hire, work for hire, so I don't have to worry about rights. Mm -hmm. Work for hire is basically like if you work for a corporation mm -hmm. and they own all your art, that's work yeah. for hire. That's then, all we have in common with Japan, yeah. work for hire. You know, the only way you can work for Japan is just sell all rights to the work. Because individuals don't own work, corporations do. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's a that's a way to completely control your rights, but you will be charged a lot for that. Because most times, where you when artists are hired, work for hire, they're working for a company, a big 
big company that can pay well, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or a company that gives them paid vacation and benefits, <laughs> which you don't get with freelance. All right, uh, I've done work for hard. All right, we got paid a lot. Yeah, hard. The little cards. Yes, a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah, so you'll be compensated. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure like Marvel and DC are like worth definitely worth for hire. I don't know if Chris Claremont wouldn't work for hire. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'd have to look into that. Mm -hmm. I have some friends in the industry. Ah, uh, you can ask. Yeah. Yeah, but work, you usually don't need all rights to something. Your products are probably not going to turn into monopoly. I'm sorry to say. And <laughs> and it, even if they did, you can go back to the artists later and offer them more money for all rights. You do not have to buy all rights. What you want to start with is rights for the use of the product, for the life of the product, and no competing products for six months, a year, two years, whatever. If you need more rights and promotional rights, of course. If you need more rights, just go back to the artist and say, I need more rights. Or say, I want to make a poster of this. Here, have some more money. You know, they will they will nod their head and say yes, I assure you. <laughs> yeah, we're we're more than happy to get to charge more there. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, um, but the odds of you needing that at the beginning, a oh, very small, yeah. Yeah. especially small price market. Mm -hmm. um, basically, the, the the gist of art direction and community communication is just communication. If you have a question, ask it. You know, don't. As long as you're polite, the the artist won't be upset that you want to know something. And be honest. I, I try to be honest with my clients and say, you know, if they say, I need this, I don't say, oh yeah, I can do this. Or like, <laughs> I've painted 10,000 World War One planes when I haven't painted any. <laughs> so, no, I'm honest with them of what I can do and the time I can do it. And I, I like them to be honest with me at what they expect and what the time they can do it and their budget. I said, I said, I'll repeat it again. Don't go in and say, what do you charge for painting? That's the worst thing I hear. That's like such an amateur publisher question. And like, for me, if it's something that I've never done before, sure, I can do it eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's something I'm not versed at, if it's something difficult that I'm not versed yeah. at, I'm happy to learn how to do it, but I'm just going to let you know that it will take longer. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, as an illustrator, basically, we have to know how to do it, draw everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm certainly willing to try to learn how to do them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, basically, communication Communicate. is key. And don't don't get overboard with checking in. I had I had a a friend who was who once asked me. Are daily checkups okay? No. 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 <laughs> well, it depends. Do you want me to answer your email or do you want me to do your work? <laughs> like, regular checkups are fine, but the daily is just disruptive. Oh, I was actually. scared when Zoom came in with like video phones that they would say, hold your piece up to the phone. Let <laughs> me see how far you got. So that never happened. <laughs> Although, speaking of, of Zoom, I've had video call 
meetings with my clients because they're all over the place. Um, having a short discussion with your client before starting a project actually helps a lot to smooth things over mm -hmm. because you get to talk about the product, you know what they're kind of looking for, it gets you in a mood, gets you a mood. so then when you work on the pieces, there's less questioning as to what oh, you I have one important thing that's a side note. Okay, you visualize things two ways, black and white, your eyes see, and in color. Many men, like we have in this room, have some degree of color blindness. Go get yourself, if you have some degree of color blindness, get yourself a spotter, who's probably a woman, to check on the color. You might have had a client, it's like that green. That's, this is a sad game. That's a very happy green. Oh, are you colorblind? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're going to find somebody to check on your colors. Yeah, Photoshop even has a couple settings mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, for two different types of uh, colorblindness that it adjusts the colors so, people, so artists can work in it. And probably, so I guess you can just view, view it if you're a client. Yeah, but you want, you want to check and make sure you get what you want if you're seeing that, but if, especially in the graphic design end of the field. It's not so much in the illustration when you're going to get realistic looking illustrations, but in the graphic design end of the field, you want a certain mood, get yourself some spotters anyway. Everybody sees color differently. And this is true. I have a friend who sees pinks and yellows and white. She has like seven types of cones, I think, in her eyes. It's like, <laughs> and if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to be looking at color like that a lot, it's mm -hmm. probably a good idea to get a color calibrated monitor mm -hmm. because that affects a lot too. Mm -hmm. Or a color calibrator for your monitor. Um, you don't need to buy the most expensive ones, but no. just get get a monitor that has good color that you can adjust it. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to be. Um, approving things a lot based on color. You you want to make sure the color you're seeing is the same color your artist is seeing, or at least similar. Make sure everything you have, if you have lettering, make sure it's legible. Don't do death metal lettering unless you're a death metal fan. You, know, you want everybody to be able to read it right away. I just played a game this morning and it had symbols on the cards, and they were very hard to read because they were just a very tiny outline. And I said you should make like, just make them black on the final card, so you can actually see them. Contrast, when it's important, a lot of contrast. Yeah, and if, that's another thing, when, you, when you're getting towards the end product, or, or when you're working on a project, artists will tell you if something doesn't work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're not, we're not going to be shy about that. If we think this is going to be bad for the product, and bad for, bad for visibility, we'll let you know. We want repeat business. So we will tell you if it's not going to work. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I said somebody, Popes of Flowers. That sounds like corpse. He says, yeah, it does. I'm changing the name. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting more than the artist. But this is how to talk, how to, talk to the artist is be honest, be respectful, be polite. Don't be afraid to talk to them. Nobody's going to snap your head off. Nobody's going to tell you to go away. If they can't do it, they will probably recommend somebody who can do that. Are there any areas we didn't cover that somebody wants to know something about? Mm -hmm. I have a question about survey. 
Um, you kept saying things like, like uh, what's the difference between something like a mood board? And, uh, what, what do you mean when you say give the artist a mood to create a piece with? And how does that, how is that different from giving them reference pieces? Uh, a reference piece would may show a picture of your mood. But if you say, I want this to be a somber painting, I want this to be an exciting painting, you can use uh, words that you can't normally illustrate. But you're illustrating an effect. I want a lot of atmosphere in this painting. I want to, you know. Yeah, and you want it to be more dynamic. Dynamic. Do you want yeah. it to be more, more subtle? Do you want it to be more, uh, do you want it to like, I, I tend to think in like potential energy versus, mm-hmm. um, what's the other one? Uh, I forget the term. I don't know. Kinetic energy. Kinetic energy. Thank you. Kinetic energy. Kinetic energy. Thank you. Kinetic. My, my brain wasn't. Kinetic. Yeah, potential versus kinetic, like the before action or the after action. Mm-hmm. Action. Oh, that's another one. Do not ever give an art description of, honestly, throws open the door, runs across the street, goes up the stairs, throws open another door, and runs in the room. I said, how the hell am I supposed to do that? <laughs> that that's like, that's a common book. That's not an illustration. No, that's not an illustration. That's a movie. Yes, I had one with too, too much information lately, but it wasn't that much. You know, it was like swinging something around. And I said, no, no, we don't swing. Oh, picking at his shoe. <laughs> I mean, if picking at his shoe is the important part, let me know. That's I'll, the I'll that. that's the important thing. I said you want some, you wanted to say meticulous. You wanted to say somebody who's fastidious or meticulous. You didn't want to say he's wiping the dirt off his cloak and picking at his shoe. You want to use the expressive word I just said. Do not give an action scene. We do not have the technology for that yet. <laughs> <laughs> basically if you do give us over information we'll we'll sift through it but it will probably take a little more back and forth to to figure out specifically what you want. right 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 and if there's a time frame that can slow things down a little but you know we'll work how we work not everybody has the has the knowledge to to understand yeah to to come up with the word meticulous. Yeah. Right, right, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, I said, so I, they, we'll didn't, work with they didn't, I told them what they wanted. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> What's a baby that's clean? <laughs> so yeah, if you're trying to convey an idea, don't convey it in an action, convey it in these expressive words. Yeah, I've definitely. Okay. Okay. Um, I definitely uh, have worked from a paragraph and got a lot of good stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. So if it's if it's like prose, that's that's perfectly fine because that'll give me an idea. And don't expect everything that is in your paragraph to get in it because it may not look good in the picture. If you're describing the person's feet. It's probably not going to be in the picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's like with a card or a spot illustration, unless it's like the cover or something. But why would I be looking at the feet anyway? Yeah. Unless they have special boots or something. Unless that's the focus of the yes, piece, yes. and then you're probably not going to be drawing much besides the feet. No, I do want this, like a girl with just 
she had fancy shoes. He wanted to oh, okay. And, but she was sitting. So basically, it was easy to draw the shoes. <laughs> but nine times out of ten, don't do that. All right, well, we just have a few minutes left, so if there's anything specific that you wanted to ask, let us know. Otherwise, uh, I have a table in uh, Artist Alley upstairs near the, outside the board game room. There'll be other artists there tomorrow. Um, I'll say roving around. Sam will be roving around. Playing games. But we're happy to you know, field more questions yeah, yeah. there, or if you want to ask about a specific project or anything mm -hmm. like that. Okay. That was a thumbs up, not a question. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much.